Where Murder Meets Mystery contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, cool friends. Let's take a walk down the street where murder meets mystery. A podcast exploring the murderous, the mysterious, and everything that lies beyond the beyond. I'm Marissa. <laughs> and I'm Grace. And welcome back. We are We're back, back, bitches. Little summer break and feeling rejuvenated. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I'm hungover. We made it out on the other side. Yes. Barely. Barely. Can't wait to get into it. Grace, do you have any major updates for the ghoul friends? Uh, no. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Not that's... much has happened. I went to the beach. Ooh. It's pretty, pretty, uh, I was about to say nondescript, like it's a robbery suspect. What am I trying <laughs> Pretty nonchalant? Pretty, pretty relaxing? Really relaxing. Yeah, it was good. just kind of, uh, what, what the fuck am I, the word? It's just, I don't know, like nothing super eventful happened. It was just kind yeah. of. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I usually am pretty good with words, but. Oh yeah, a little update. We're, a real cool regular friends. wordsmith over regular here. Regular wordsmith. Uh, <laughs> I had COVID over this little break, and yeah. they say with COVID, um, your brain shrinks. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Apparently, there's COVID fog brain, so I'm using that as an excuse for everything now. I'm like, oh, COVID's fogged my brain up. Um, so I'm I'm fine. <laughs> the awesome. horse in my voice now is from a hockey game I attended last night. So. I'm I'm 100% healed, except for the COVID fog brain that I'll use as an excuse for not knowing anything that I asked Grace voice. to explain. The horse in your voice <clears throat> when you said that. What is it? I just pictured like the an actual <laughs> horse. horse, yeah, like a kid cartoon <laughs> of a horse coming out of my throat. Oh no! Oh man, it's Love fine. I'm fine. Uh, oh, also, I have an update. I am a certified killer. I haven't told you this, Grace, because it literally just happened within the last 24 hours. We have mice. We have mice in our house. (gasps) Shut up. I'm going to puke. We set traps. This has happened before. We live in an older house in the woods. When it rains, the mice come to seek shelter. Um, This has happened before, and we've caught them before. And it's been about nine months now, and they've come back. So we set the traps. And previously, we had traps that killed them instantly. However, this time we had glue traps. And there was a glue trap in our oven drawer, like the bottom of the oven that you keep your hands in. And a mouse got caught. But it obviously didn't die instantly. It takes three to 24 hours to die on a glue trap. And it was thrashing its body against the metal drawer. So you would just hear it squealing and squirming against the metal. Eric was at work. And so I had to like think to myself do I put it out of its misery or do I just try and like not listen to it so I went to our bedroom which is in the back of the house I could hear it from there I went outside I could hear it from there I finally had to pick it up with Strega's pooper scooper put it in a garbage bag and then put it underneath a folding table we have outside and accidentally quote-unquote drop the table on it and I flattened the mouse and I killed it oh my god I had to put it out of its misery. Three hours, I listened to it thrashing its body against the the metal drawer, and it wouldn't die. Um, they say it, it, they eventually die from starvation. I don't want it to starve. I don't want it to starve. Um, you yeah. can't pull it off and 
you know, release it anywhere. Um, it's it was traumatic, but I'm I here today. I uh, so I, I killed. I killed. <laughs> that is the most insane story I've ever. And I don't think it'll be the last time, unfortunately. <laughs> so we need we really need to buy more traps that are instant kills, like the snap traps. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. it's terrifying. But we did oh a glue trap God. last time and it was dead when we found it the next morning. So I guess I just assumed it would die eventually. But um I guess that one suffered all night long previously. Oh, and it was like super loud. Oh my god, yeah. that poor thing. Yeah. But I would have done the same thing. I would never be the same, but I would have done Yeah, no, I was reading stuff online and it was like, just take a hammer to its head. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? Holy shit. No, I can't do that. I need to not see it and like fucking drop a table on it and run. You know what I mean? No, I think your plan was brilliant. I mean, well, COVID fog be damned. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. It was hard, but like, here I am. I'm stronger wow. because of it. Holy shit. I'm forever changed. Me and too, I didn't bitch. even do it. I didn't Me too. Do yeah, your friends are the killer, an animal killer. Wow. Spiders, wow. flies, other insects, no problem. But like a mouse. Next week on Where Murder Meets <laughs> We're covering the case of podcast host turned psycho killer. I'm sure it wouldn't be the first oh, time. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, well. All right. Well, Grace, get into your case. We got to stop talking about me. Yeah, listen. So um, <laughs> you and I talked a little bit before we started recording about how just we're just saddened by everything that happened this week. And um, yeah. I really wanted to pick something, you know, I, I had like this insane case picked out. I've now been promising it for the past two episodes oh that's right but i just cannot i couldn't do it this week um and i didn't really want to put anyone through that either uh i feel like we all just need something you know not that this is like super uplifting no nothing ever (laughs) you know but i wanted to pick something without like i don't i don't know i didn't want to talk about murder yeah exactly um, which is weird for me. So you know it's it's rough when I'm so not. So then what is the what is the crime in this episode? Yeah. In this oh, case? yeah. No, that's a good idea. I should probably, like, tell you. Um, <laughs> Just trying to segue. It's not working. <laughs> so I have a <laughs> – I have a I, – I actually, I wrote a pretty short case. It's really not. Like, obviously, I fell down a rabbit hole, and I can't keep it short because it's me. So um, – it remains unsolved to this day, which Ooh. I know, Marissa, uh, you're going to have some theories about this one. Right, and I already that. know what one of the theories is going to be. I can already tell you. Uh-oh. But I can't wait to discuss, so let's get into it. This is the story of the disappearance of Brandon Swanson. Okay. I love uh, disappearances. I There's a podcast actually called The Vanished uh, that mm-hmm. I used to. That was like one of my first uh, gateway podcasts it was um up and vanished obviously and that's what got me into the whole disappearance kind of thing and then the vanished um yeah is a great uh i yeah. think the host's name is marissa i think i'm not positive Shut up. wow so watch it be like late on me meredith or what does my mom call you <laughs> melissa <laughs> i don't know people call me melissa i didn't know your mom called me anything other than marissa no she know 100 knows your name but she'll like randomly <laughs> just go like Oh, did you hang out with Melissa this week? <laughs> You're like, like say that, that again. Say it again. <laughs> say it again. And she says oh. it right. She's like, what? Yeah, what exactly. She doesn't even notice she does it. 
it's like my grandparents wait we have to tell this story oh my, my gosh the fruit jellies they, shout they out to, to the fruit us, jellies um my grandparents used to send me care packages in college which is like just the cutest thing ever and they're uh trader joe's whores just like me Love and it. they go all the time and uh, like twice a week it's their big event they get dressed up and go to trader joe's adorable and um they one of my grandpa's favorite things to get there is they're called fruit jellies and i don't know if anyone under the age of 80 can really appreciate this candy because i think it's repulsive it's in it's but in the candy aisle it's in the candy my aisle grandpa was so excited about these the very first time he tried them which was like eight years ago oh and gosh. he uh let me try one at their house and my dumbass, who's a people pleaser was like oh they're really good big mistake huge yep. because he started sending them by the crateful yep <laughs> literally like a box like a cardboard box package and then marissa went to chicago with me which is where my grandparents live and uh we were visiting them and my grandpa brought the fucking fruit jellies he's like i know how much you like them and marissa was like oh are they good and i was looking at her like no no <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I took one bite and I was like, delicious. This is so good. Thank you so much. And then the next fucking care package had like a ton of fruit jellies for me. And then there were two extra containers in there and said, for Melissa. (laughs) On a sticky note, on a sticky note, like my separate packages of fruit jellies for me. For Melissa, actually. Literally incredible like incredible and god what like what do you do so you we had an animal supply of fruit jellies that year needless to say yeah and i finally had to tell my grandma like to be honest because i was trying to like it's not like cookies or something where like if i don't like that flavor of cookie or whatever i can obviously give them to any other human and they'll be like yeah i'll eat them no one liked the fruit jellies. They were like, what are these? And I kept trying right. to offer them to everyone who came to our dorm. I'm like, please eat these. Fruit jelly? Would you like a fruit jelly? Complimentary. <laughs> oh, my God. I finally had to tell my grandma. And she was fine. I mean, she's super tough. She's from the south side of Chicago. So. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. But my grandpa, like, would have been crushed. So I'm sure she told him gently. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just I like, some oh, my excuse, God. excuse, yeah. Oh, for Melissa. Oh, so kind. <laughs> Hilarious. Anyway, so Brandon Swanson was a 19-year-old living in Marshall, Minnesota, okay? On May 13th, 2008, so recent. Oh, my God. (laughs) Brandon had just completed his first year at Minnesota West Community and Technical College and was in the neighboring town of Lind celebrating with friends. Um, So I'm going to mention three different – four different towns in Minnesota. Um, So – I, as far as I know, these are all in Southwest Minnesota. Okay. Um, and they're all like, it, think of it as kind of like the triangle area and then Marshall's in the middle. Think of it like that. Oh, okay. Brandon Swanson was from Marshall, but he was visiting his friends in a, in the town of Lind, which I believe is south of Marshall, Southwest. Okay. And he's made this drive a bunch of times. It's about 30 minutes from Marshall to Lind and then 30 minutes in the other direction to this town called Canby, which is another town where he goes to, and I'll mention in a second. Although he and his classmates had been drinking that night, according to Brandon's friends at the Lind party, Brandon had not appeared to be drunk. Between 10.30 and 11 p.m. that night, Brandon made his way home driving his Chevrolet Lumina. Lumina? 
Yep, that sounds. Um, I don't know. Uh, like as accurate as it's gonna get, because I wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't know. Lumina. Lumina. Yeah. <laughs> Towards Marshall. Okay, so he okay. he's made this drive a hundred times. So he's driving home. Uh, I guess inebriated, but his friends say he didn't seem drunk at night. They were drunk too. So yeah, at night. But it's a drive he's made a hundred times. I don't know. I don't okay. really know the justification. Yeah. So on the way home, Brandon stopped at a friend's house in a town called Canby. Think it goes, uh, Lind can be Marshall. So Canby's not exactly on the way home, but it's kind of like I'm trying to so picture a triangle, like I said, right? Yeah. And if he like drove east to Canby and then okay. he would have to drive then west again to get to Marshall. So it was not exactly on the way, but it was okay. between Marshall and Lind. Okay. Witnesses at this party recall seeing Brandon take a shot of whiskey before leaving sometime after midnight to return home. They report no odd or unusual behavior, so that's important to, to know okay. here. Evidently, the most direct route to Brandon's hometown of Marshall from his friend's home in Canby is by Highway 68, which runs from Marshall to Lind, and then Canby is off the route. Okay. I'm, it's probably going to get confusing. I'm sorry. I'm, I a couldn't figure bit. out how to do this other than like a map. And yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to trace it in my head like a triangle. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, listeners, all, all 50 of you. Okay. Um, <laughs> however, for reasons that remain unknown, rather than taking Highway 68, Brandon decided to travel home on a series of remote gravel roads. Though some sources theorize that since Brandon loved his car and loved driving, he may have simply chosen to take the scenic route, but nobody knows for sure. Okay. Around 1.15 a.m. on the morning of May 14th, Brandon's car ended up in a ditch on the side of the road. But as far as we know, Brandon was unharmed because he placed a call almost immediately to several friends for help. None of them picked up. Oh, fuck them. So his car was – this is apparently a term. I had never heard of it, but a car getting hung up on the side of the road. Have you heard that? Mm-mm. It's basically where the car is at a steep enough angle that – the wheels on one side are too high off the ground for the car to gain ah, traction. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so that's uh, apparently what happened to him. Apparently. That sucks. Yeah. Um, so he gets, so he gets hung up on the, in, in this, in this ditch on the side of the road and he calls his friends. They don't answer. There are some that speculate that he might've called his friends first um, because Brandon had been drinking. So he didn't want to immediately call his parents or the police. He finally gives up on calling his friends, and about 40 minutes later, Brandon calls his parents, Brian and Annette Swanson, for a ride, giving them his location and specifying that he was not injured from the accident. So he made that really clear. Yeah, And his parents, I'm sure, put it together that he had been drinking, but, like, they don't report any excessively drunken behavior. Yeah. Okay. His parents drove to the location Brandon had given them. And, again, Brandon is a local boy, so, like, he knows the areas really well. He's a local boy. Yeah, and he's he's in. So um, odd. He's, was that a weird thing to say? <laughs> it's just like a weird way to word it. He's a local boy. Okay, so Brandon is very familiar with the area because he's Thank local. You. Okay, um, and can be like I mentioned is between Marshall and Lind, so he's like, okay, that's where I am. So mm-hmm. they drive to that location, and he's nowhere to be found. Brandon's mother was able to reach him on the phone and the two agreed to flash their headlights so they can find each other. Cause this is a super yeah, remote yeah. area. There's a ton of farmland and um, 
probably no it's really like dark. Yeah. yeah. Right. No street lights. So it's like pitch black. Right. So Annette recalls hearing the lights being turned on and off, like over the phone. So she could hear him switching the lights on and off, but neither she nor Brandon could see the other lights being flashed. Ah, that sucks. Brandon repeated. Re- Brandon reportedly became agitated at his mom saying, don't you see me? And actually hung up on his mom. She calls him back immediately. Don't hang up on me, bitch. No. Yeah. She calls him back immediately. And Brandon said he could see the lights in town and he was going to walk towards the town. He says it was Lind. Okay. So he's like, I see the lights from the town of Lind. I'm going to walk towards them. And he asked his parents to meet him in the tavern parking lot at Lind Tavern. Okay. So while Brandon is walking, Brian's like, okay, just stay on the phone with me. And so they stayed on the phone while Brandon was walking. While Brian Swanson drove to meet his son, they communicated on the phone. And then Brandon told his dad, hey, I'm going to take a shortcut through a field because it'll it'll be faster than walking on the road. He walked along the gravel roads, saw two fence lines, and remarked that he could hear running water. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Suddenly, after more than 45 minutes on the phone, so this is apparently a lot. I, I, I pictured the lights are really close, like maybe a couple hundred yards away. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But they were far enough away that he was walking for 45 minutes. Wow. Brandon tells his father he could see flashes in the distance, like flashing lights. And then he exclaims, oh, shit. And the call disconnects. Oh. Annette and Brian immediately called back, but Brandon didn't answer. They tried again. And again, no answer. The phone rang as it would normally, but after nearly 24 hours, the calls started to go straight to voicemail, indicating that the phone was dead. Oh, no. Brandon Swanson never met his parents at the Lynn Tavern that night, and in fact, nobody has seen or heard from him since that night more than 14 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wild. So, first of all, thoughts. Okay, uh, initially I thought okay since he was like don't you see me um that maybe he saw his mom but the mom didn't see him so he was like in between um parallels or like universes like somehow mm, like yeah. uh got through like maybe through the crash like with the impact like somehow bounced parallels which sounds that's... psycho, I know. But <laughs> you do sound psycho, but that's totally freaky and I didn't think about that. Oh, that, that was the first thing I thought of. That, like like yeah. kind of like stranger things like the upside down. Yeah. Like he was in the upside down and he could see on the, you know, in yeah. the normal earth, but they couldn't see him. Then the running water thing, I'm like, "Oh fuck, he's in the fucking river." Like 100%. He just yeah. fell in, mm-hmm. hit his head, is done. Mm-hmm. But then the whole flashing lights with the oh shit. Mhm. Obviously, immediately, I'm like aliens. Right. <laughs> but then I think there's a good chance somebody hit him, killed him, um, yeah. and ran. Or not ran, but took the body and ran, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, and got mm-hmm. rid of it, um, like mm-hmm. in that one show. Yeah. Do you know that show? What show am I talking about? Gossip Girl? Didn't one of them, like, kill someone and, like, they, like, hid the bodies? Or is that, like, P- Pretty Little Liars or something? That I don't know. More like, Pretty Little Liars. But that's... I think my like final theory is that some because if he said oh shit and the call disconnected, I imagine yeah. someone hit him um, and just decided to dispose of the body before getting in trouble. Yeah, probably also inebriated. Yeah, so you essentially covered all of the theories about this case. <laughs> Sorry, my mind but, is running wild. No, it's totally fine. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the search efforts, and I'm yeah. curious to see if that changes your mind about some of the theories. Okay, so, yeah. Did they find anything? Yeah. 
Yeah, so Brandon's parents tried to report him missing the next morning, but police tell them to wait a while because he's a college student and it's not that weird for a college boy to lose, a local boy, (laughs) a college boy to like ignore his parents or disappear for a bit. But it's just so rude, right? Yeah. And actually, this is really cool. I didn't know how to incorporate it like at the end, but I just Mm -hmm. wanted to mention it now. Eventually, I think it was in 2012... I'm not even going to guess, you know what, because I don't know. Yeah. But it was after it was some a, a number of years later, Brandon's parents actually got a representative from, from Minnesota to help pass a law called Brandon's Law. Which wait, means, I've definitely heard that. Yeah, it tells law enforcement can't make parents wait to report their child missing. Oh, yep. Okay, And awesome. actually, I don't think I've heard can, it for sure. I don't think there's any waiting period now. So for okay, anyone, good. not just children. Yeah, it so used to be like report, 24 hours or something dumb. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you report anyone missing, regardless of their age, they're supposed to investigate it like immediately. And that's, that's Brandon's awesome. Law. Yeah. Love it. Pretty cool. So I thought that aspect was really interesting, but I didn't know when to include it. So I'm just telling you now. Love. Either way, law enforcement tells them you got to chill out and wait. But later that day, Brandon's parents somehow managed to get the phone records. I don't know if they call the company. This was 2008. So they were probably able to contact the phone company. Yeah, And the phone records indicate that the two phone calls Brandon placed to his parents were made from Porter, Minnesota. Okay, Police conclude that the lights Brandon saw in the distance could not have been from the town of Lind, considering Porter and Lind are nearly 30 miles apart. Oh, shit. So, like, that gives me chills every time. Yeah. Like, I've- <laughs> oh, no. And I was just like, oh, God. That's not That's good. so scary, right? Because... Yeah. I think the thing that that makes that the most eerie is that Brandon was a local boy, right? Like he knew the yeah, area like supposedly he, so he well. Knew he was going. Yeah. And he was like, I see the lights from Lynn and I'm heading toward them and his parents. So he was so sure. And that's what the dad says is so weird is Brandon seems so convinced that he was in Lynn. And he was yeah. like, that's where I am. Come get me. And they were, so they went to where he said and they were 30 miles away from him shit yeah that's Um, terrifying yeah it really is and so that i that part just gives me chills apparently brandon was very i already said that okay so the call was made from a specific area off of highway 68 on -hmm. may 14th 2008 brandon's chevy sedan was located at approximately 12 30 p.m and this is weird there was no damage whatsoever to the car and no indication that Brandon had been injured in the accident, but there was no sign of him. And he left no personal belongings behind except his glasses. And I'll get into that later. Okay. So this car wasn't quote hung up. So the car was hung up, but there was no damage to the car. Oh, so no scratches other than like mud oh, yeah, or that, whatever. That wouldn't make sense, especially if it was going down yeah. in a ditch. Yeah. Right. And there was like there was no bodily damage to the car and there was no indication that he was injured. So I guess the no airbags, no blood, whatever. Damn. Yeah. Okay, the glasses. I want to learn more about the glasses. Yeah, and I will get to them. Just be patient. Okay. Okay, fine. Lincoln County. The Lincoln County Sheriff Jack Vizecki. Love that name. Okay. Chief Vizecki. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe laugh. Okay. Jack Vizecki says the car appeared to be hung up on the side of the road at a sharp incline, nothing major, but the wheels were too high to get traction. Now, Brandon's father recalls hearing Brandon exclaim, oh shit, but says that to him, it seemed like Brandon slipped and fell. That was like 
because okay. of how sudden it was. And I don't, I couldn't find Brandon's father's statement where he was said like, okay, maybe I heard rustling or I heard, you know, I heard something, you, you know what I mean? Like right. I find a direct statement from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the consistent message is that it seemed like he slipped and fell. So I don't know if he heard something or whatever, sure. but that's Brandon's idea of what happened. This information okay. in conjunction with Brandon hearing running water that night leads authorities to believe that Brandon slipped and fell into the Yellow Medicine River. Is it, um, I guess, near where his yeah. phone call was made? Yeah. Oh, and also, no. does that not sound like a euphemism for drugs? Like, hey, I really yeah, it into does. the Yellow Medicine River. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. <laughs> It does. Yeah. No, I, to be clear, we have no indication that Brandon was using drugs, but I just was laughing at that wording because it totally sounded like yeah, weird, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. So that remains the longstanding theory in this case is that he slipped and fell in the yeah. river and drowned. So have they done any searches in the river? Yes. So okay. search dogs within that week, I believe, followed Brandon's scent and they made it to the edge of the river, but then continued walking along the bank, which indicates that he fell in, managed to get out, and kept walking. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what they think. The temperatures at night were a little above freezing. I believe it was a 39 degrees Fahrenheit. Remember, we're in Minnesota, so even yeah. though it's May, it's, you yeah, know, it gets it's cold. almost freezing. So even if he managed to get out of the water, authorities think he very likely succumbed to hypothermia and died somewhere else. Oh, so he didn't manage to get far. so sad. Allegedly, the dogs picked up the scent of decomposition several times, specifically in an area north of Porter near Mud Creek, but no body or body parts have ever been found. Wow. To this day, police believe Brandon's remains are somewhere in the 122 square mile search area. As I mentioned, the longstanding theory is that Brandon fell in the river, but I have an issue with this because of the phone. Okay. The call was disconnected, not dropped, which to me means that either Brandon or Brian would have had to hang up the call. Right. Assuming it was Brandon because Brian was in the middle of talking to his son and he was driving. So I didn't think it was likely that Brian was the one to hang up the phone. Right. Assuming it was Brandon, if he fell underwater, then why would the phone still be working? Oh, that's a good point because they tried calling him back and it was working for what, 24 hours, you said, right? Right. Yeah. Shit, I don't know. There weren't like waterproof iPhones back right. then, no. And so, like, what if assuming he fell in the river, what would have had to happen? And this is weird, but like, he would have had to slip into the river and leave somehow leave his phone on the edge of the river as he was falling, right? But Which then, no, fa- not- no phone has been found. Yeah, that seems just not possible, right? So remember, yeah, so the phone, the phone continues to ring. So that's what I'm thinking, like something had to have happened, right? Right. Um, Now, I found one source that said, and this is about the glasses that I mentioned. One source, which is called the Darren E. Delzer theory, because this case was widely talked about. And this theory has actually been given a name because there was a volunteer firefighter who became invested in the case. And his name is Darren E. Delzer. Okay. And he had his own theory about what happened. He says that since Brandon was legally blind in his left eye, it struck him as strange that the morning he disappeared, he left his glasses in the car. Yeah. Okay. Neither of these details were publicized by the media. So what what Delzer believes is that Brandon was walking in the dead of night, pitch black. He may have slipped into an unmarked well, which are common in the area. 
But I think by the same token, it is equally possible that he fell in the river, but then the phone problem still applies. So What the hell is a well? Like, where they get water out of. Like a giant hole in the ground. They don't have those, like, covered? So people don't fall in them? Yeah, and the fact that they don't have to... They don't mark them, you know? Yeah, that is fucked. The fact that he left his glasses behind is really weird to me. Yeah, I don't like that. And that's... And the fact that he... His glasses were in the car. So, like, the fact that he was walking, talking to his dad, and his glasses are, like, he left his glasses behind. And, and knowing it's, like, that he nighttime, town, so, like, even night. less of a, yeah, less of a good vision. Yeah. God, it's just so scenario. weird. So, I don't like that. Vision scenario. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. So... As in most unsolved missing person cases, there is some possibility that Brandon is still alive, and some believe that he may be living under a new identity, having faked his own disappearance. I don't personally think this is likely, given his attempts to contact his friends and family. Yeah. I feel like if he really wanted to disappear, why would he try and call them? Right. And why would he take his car? Like, leave on foot or something. Right. There is another theory that Brandon suffered some sort of psychotic episode, like some sort of mental breakdown, but I don't buy this either, considering his friends and parents all report lucid and pretty normal behavior preceding the incident. Right. Right. Finally, there is always the possibility, and I think this is the most likely, that Brandon was met with some kind of foul play. So there are a few theories surrounding that. Um, They state the possibility of Brandon falling and passing out on a farm in the area, which is like, this is a really heavily, a really, what? Like <laughs> common? a lot of farmland. There's a lot of farmland in the area. Okay, I yeah. don't know what I was trying to say. I was heavily populated kind of farmland. farmed. Dense. That's what I was going to say. And I was yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense. So um, the theory is that Brandon fell and passed out on the farm. And then either he was found by the farmer and disposed of. Or he was actually run over by farm machinery. <gasps> I found okay, so I found this. So if he passed out in the field, it's very possible that someone comes by with a plow and just like runs. Yeah. Over. Now I found this Reddit thread. I went deep on this one because I was like, oh my God, gosh. I found this Reddit thread where this person says that apparently the bloodhounds picked up a trace of his scent on a private farm around the farm machinery, but the farmer refused to allow a search and it was never investigated. I was Mm -hmm. not able to find like an official report of this, but this information appears on multiple cold case and web sleuth blogs as well. So I was like, hate that. Maybe there's something to it, you know? Yeah. The other theory is that he was murdered by a farmer who was protecting his private property. Right. And was and shot him and then was like, oh, shit, it's a kid. And then disposed of him, you know. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, there's the chance he was met with some other kind of foul play, kidnapping, murder, robbery, etc. So. Fuck. That's terrifying. Personally, my favorite theory, I think, is the aliens because of the flashing lights. Yeah. The whole the oh, shit thing, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The fact that he's in this like abandoned, not abandoned, but just like a super remote area. Yeah. Um, Secluded. It's also just so much easier to explain the unexplainable things with aliens. Unexplainable things. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And it's the only thing, in my opinion, that would address all of the weirdest parts of this case. Because I think that's, that's the thing that unsolved cases have in common, in my opinion, is like, there's a million theories about all of these cases and there's one, at least one thing wrong with every theory. Yeah. There's always, there's always one gap. But that doesn't explain blah, blah, blah. 
you know. Right. So. Uh, let's Damn. See. Now, I do want to mention this case reminded me of two more actually recent cases. Um, and you might recognize these names, Marissa, because okay. they were big on Instagram. But the Jason Landry case in 2020 uh, and the Daniel Robinson case in 2021. Okay. I was going to say Daniel Robinson, so, I think, sounds a little more familiar. Yeah, so Jason Landry was a college student who was driving home in Texas for winter break, and no one has seen or heard of him since, except that his car was found uh, totaled on the side of the road, along with his phone, wallet, car keys, and all of his clothing, like that he was supposedly wearing, is in the car. But he's never been found. There's no trace of him. So just Ew. like so hate that. Weird. Yeah. And then Daniel Robinson was the geology student who yeah. went missing in Arizona in 2021. <gasps> yep. And his Jeep was found with no there was like some significant damage to the underneath of the front side of the vehicle, but there's been no trace of Daniel found and it's just like super similar. Oh, weird. And, I immediately thought of these two cases when I was doing my research. And then I realized Crime Junkie has an episode called Men Who Go Missing With Their Cars. And the, she talks about the three of these, these three cases. Really? Holy yeah. shit. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, not that they're connected, but, they, you know, the, the commonalities are a little weird for sure. Yeah, totally weird. Anyway, yeah. so that's it. Fuck. Kind of. Insane. I do I, again. I love vanishes, like disappearing disappearances, whatever. But yeah. it is always a little not so satisfactory at the end. Not, not having answers. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, uh, wait. I want to mention one more thing. Yeah. So our friend, um, we have a mutual friend, Trevor, and his wife Scarlett, who yeah. is also a mutual friend, I should say, just recently told me on Tuesday. She gave me a suggestion. For our podcast and she said I really want to support your podcast I'm not a big true crime person so or paranormal person and she gets scared pretty yeah. easily so she's like how do I, I I want you to invent some sort of scale or something Ooh. that so like at the in the episode description I can rate it and I told her we should call it the scarlet scale since it was her idea <laughs> love but yeah so we just like I we basically rate each case on a on scale a of one to ten sp- about how terrifying it is yeah okay like that yeah what yeah. would you and give this so one this one I feel like we, we could put it in the description but I would say if since it's a disappearance and he's driving alone at night I don't know I'm probably the wrong person to answer. Yeah. Answer Wait, that. yeah. I feel like we I get can scared. answer it. Not, I don't get scared. So I I'm was going to say like, like five. Yeah. But too. that also sounds really high. <laughs> He's probably like seven or eight. I don't know. Yeah, it's not like I, they found I mean, a severed hand or anything, you know? So I'm going to say we both said five and she'd probably say seven or eight. So I'm going to say six. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. This is a six on the scarlet scale. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, the oh, rest man. of our your cases are like 12s. 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like she, for example, she hated Diane Schuler, which was the first one I did, the mom in the minivan. Oh, she yeah. Hated I mean, that, that that's one. sad. You she know? had to stop that one because it freaked her out so yeah. much. I think because there's no answers. Like yeah. she, she doesn't mind the disappearances and stuff. And she listened to the Cheryl Shepard case, which was that lady who went missing on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. And uh, she said that one was fine, but 
yeah so i think where it's just like scarlet we need you to listen so you can determine the scarlet yes. scale yeah exactly yeah there you go yeah absolutely that's a good idea anyway so i rate this one at a six on the scarlet scale amazing um but yeah i'll have to kind of give her a synopsis and see what she says absolutely Anyway, so I am very anxious to hear Marissa's mystery. I yeah. feel like I've been talking for three hours, but I think that's because we talked for 45 minutes before we started. We sure did. We sure did. I am here to catch up. Yeah. Um, okay, so for this week's Marissa Miss What? <laughs> COVID brain. <laughs> for this week's Marissa's mystery. She the mouse. She's unhinged. I'm unhinged. I'm not well. It's fine. Uh, I'm going to be discussing the Holdefolk or the Hidden People of Iceland, mm. also Ooh. known as the elves in Icelandic and Ferrosi folklore. And it's a mouthful, but basically it's, they're elves of Iceland that are never really seen. Um, And I don't remember honestly how I figured this was like a thing. I think I looked up like folklore and this like popped up in one of the lists that I was looking at because I wanted to cover something like that. Um, Something lighter this week, as we had mentioned previously. And this is definitely light. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, really interesting and I'm very excited to cover it this week. So they're supposedly supernatural creatures that look and behave like humans, but are larger in build, always wearing a growfit, a.k.a. all gray outfits. I'm currently wearing one in honor. I wish you guys could see it, but they have black hair and they are said to live in a parallel world that matches with our world but they can like hide themselves uh, but also make themselves uh, visible if they want to be seen weird. now the origins for the hidden people or i'm gonna i'm gonna call them the elves however i will say they don't there's a few sources out there that say they don't like to be called elves um oh, because of okay. a, a story that goes back about someone remarking their kid who was being really bad they said you elf and and they didn't like that because that was a derogatory kind of term but it's a lot easier to say elves of iceland than the hidden people of iceland so bear with me and if i ever see them i'll apologize but for now they're (laughs) called elves okay their origins can be traced back to two different stories okay the first one is apparently that one day back in the day god came to visit adam and eve and requested to meet their children Eve was apparently really embarrassed to show God some of her children because they were dirty. They were nasty. They had not showered that day. She has not cleaned them yet. So she was like, here are my children, God. And she only showed the clean ones. But God knew she was hiding the dirty ones. So he was like, I'm going to give you one more chance to tell the truth, Eve. Are these all of your children? Listen, bitch. Literally. (laughs) Eve still lied. She still claimed that she didn't have any more children. So God said, you know what? You're going to pay for this. You're not showing me all your children. You're not showing all the love that they deserve. So in return, I am going to take the children that you've hidden from me and hide them from all of mankind forever and ever. He's a loving God. <laughs> right? Like that is, again, I I don't know. This is what the oh. internet said. We don't, oh, we don't believe everything on the internet, but very interesting claim here. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the second story is about and this is a completely different story too so the origins we may never know but these are good you know good party stories so keep them in your back pocket people okay um (laughs) the second origin story is about a traveler who got lost near a secluded farm 
he decided to knock on the door of the house on that farm. And an older woman who let him in said, you know what? You can stay with us. I'll cook you a meal. Stay the night with me and my daughters. And the guy was like, wow, you have some lovely daughters. Do you mind if one of them stays overnight with me, keeps me company? And the old lady, to my surprise, said, absolutely. Go ahead. (laughs) So they went to bed. yourself. Yeah, right? Like, what the fuck? Very, again, very interesting story, but whatever. Uh, Apparently, they went to bed, and he tried to, quote, embrace the lady who laid next to him. However, his hands went straight through her as if she was a ghost. Hmm. She saw that he was shocked and revealed that she was actually a spirit that was sent to Earth from heaven. And basically, in heaven, when Lucifer revolted, she said... You know, me and my friends, we didn't agree or oppose to what was going on. We were, like, very middle ground in the whole situation that was going on with uh, Lucifer and God. So um, because we couldn't choose a side to go to heaven or hell, uh, God sent us to the middle ground, Earth. So now here we are. And we were told we would never have a physical body. (laughs) So you'd be like, "Uh, yo, let me get that weed. (laughs) Literally, like, what kind of drugs are you on, ma'am? But Um, also me, because apparently my hand is going straight through you. So what a weird... What a weird little Tinder date. Are not crazy. These are not clear origin stories. I don't understand them. However, in a survey taken in Iceland uh, recently, apparently over 50% of their people, the locals, believe that these elves are somewhat real. Wow. Whether they were real previously or still exist to this day. Yeah. I believe that so much that these locals have actually built small wooden houses for the elves to live in throughout populated cities and within the wilderness to show that they welcome them with open arms. So if you go to Iceland, you'll see like little houses throughout wherever you're staying. And those are That's meant so cool. for elves to live in. Yeah. And I've seen – um, I've seen what we call them here in the States, um, fairy houses. And I've yeah. seen them, uh, like Etsy sellers make them, but I've also seen them at like Dollar Tree and you put them at like the foot of a large tree trunk. Um, right. And it looks like you can kind of go in the tree trunk, kind of like the Keebler elves, yeah. um, the cookie brand. So that's kind of their, I feel like, parallel of what we have here. But they actually really do believe in it. I um, read I read something recently. This is just like a random fun fact. Yeah. Um, that Iceland, had, because of its isolated location, um, mm-hmm. has been able to avoid uh, colonization. And so, which is the like one of the number one causes of language changing so much. That's why old oh. English sounds like so wild and and like oh. another language. And um, Iceland, because it's been able to avoid colonialism, ancient Icelandic reads like modern text. It's the same thing. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that weird? So if you read an Icelandic legend from 800 You'd years ago, whatever, it, it sounds the same. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's Isn't crazy because. That cool? You know, we find these freaking tablets and shit, and it's like right. crazy old English that like doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, like Shakespeare, get it together. Honestly. Yeah, what the fuck? Wait, and that can be interpreted up. in so many different ways. Like when you Shakespeare in English class, and like six different kids have six different meanings for it. It's like what? Like how? Oh, that's crazy. You were thinking that because I was thinking this. But Iceland, they're all on the same fucking page. That's awesome. This is a direct quote from one of my students. He's 12 years old. um, And for some reason, his seventh grade English class is reading Romeo and Juliet, which seems like a really weird choice for seventh graders, because I had trouble understanding that in ninth grade, let alone seventh grade. Yeah. And this is a direct quote from him yesterday. He said, 
He said, this Shakespeare dude, his poem things are trash. (laughs) I'm crying. Can you, should we, like, yeah. Should we tell his teacher? Probably. But also I I imagine the teacher probably agrees. She's like, why am I teaching him this? I told Bibi and she was like, devastating like this man devoted his life's work to these poem things and he's like trash you know what he would not be considered good in today's day and age he's not a tiktoker sorry exactly trash i agree shari shakespeare Ooh, that was shari shakespeare shari shakespeare i mean he's no milk and honey like come on yeah oh speaking of milk to get back to my story uh these elves are also known to make other structures their home you know if there's not enough of these little tiny houses that uh the locals have built they'll find homes and create them themselves for example um there is this shed and it's one of hundreds of small sheds built by icelanders in the 20th century uh this shed specifically was made to store milk cans but back then the roads in 1940 were like super dangerous and it wasn't necessarily safe for the milk truck to make it to the village where the shed was so it's said that the elves have compromised it as a housing structure wow which is crazy um and kind of cool yeah and so that shed still yeah exactly the shed (laughs) still stands to this day and it's known like the elves live there like no one touches it Um, which is just crazy but unfortunately these elves hey mtv welcome to my crib (laughs) oh my god i would die to see <laughs> the elves' cribs, the little tiny homes. I feel like they would oh, be like um, they're the igloos in Club Penguin a little bit. Why did I – oh, iconic. Why did I think that you – I thought you said bigger – they were bigger in build than humans, but they're tiny? I think they are tiny, yeah. They're tiny, but they're okay. uh, bigger in build, I'm assuming maybe like wider set perhaps. <laughs> they're I don't know. heavy, big yeah. boned. Probably, yeah. <laughs> couldn't tell you they didn't really have any pictures of them so i'm big boned (laughs) yeah um (laughs) so the elves can unfortunately be territorial in fact when there's Mm. some sort of road or building project that's going on on their territory it's said that machines mysteriously stop working or workers get injured on the job in fact in 1971 a bulldozer broke down during some road construction and the driver blamed it 100 percent on the elves the elves did this actually Uh, living in the rocks that they were trying to destroy um the newspaper ran with it the newspaper was like elves stopped uh bulldozing in small town of iceland to create you know to create roads or whatever the article said and everyone was like yeah that that's a good story that seems right like everyone agreed that it was the elves no one bat an eye everyone was like yeah the elves did this um So that's awesome. Like the, they really believe this, these Icelanders. And I, I love the that. idea of little elves climbing into an engine and like fucking up a tractor. Yes. That's hilarious. Absolutely. I, I know it. it's like a Trojan horse, but backwards. They're yeah. like destroying it. Uh, and so angry little elves are no fun. I think we can all agree that. So now Icelanders actually try and offer their territory and help them protect their land. Now, it's said you shouldn't throw stones in Iceland because you might hit the hidden people because they're invisible and harm them. So when I heard this, I was like, okay, like this was in every article that I read, you know, don't throw stones because you might hit them. And I'm like, dang, maybe the origin story was 
created so that way like some annoying ass third grader would stop throwing rocks at recess you know what I mean like I'm like damn what if because that seems more likely to me than whatever these people not agreeing but not 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 agreeing with Lucifer and getting sent here you know what I mean Right. it's like some mom who's tired from fucking milking cows all day and she's just like She's like, I swear to God, throw one more rock. Like, I, and he's and like, the elf is going to come attack you. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. he'll hit the fucking hidden people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where I'm like, all right. And then he tells a kid at school and then it spreads like wildfire. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. it makes sense to me, but That's supposedly <laughs> there are mediums in Iceland, you know, mediums, oh, yeah. the ones that speak to spirits. Teresa Caputo. Love exactly. Her. However, they can not only just speak to spirits, but they can also speak to the elves and ensure that they're staying happy and peacefully cohabitating with the locals. Um, And so that I'm like, all right, I'm back to it. I'm on the elf gang. I love them. I think they're real (laughs) for sure. If the mediums say they are, I believe it. (laughs) They Um, sound like just little, I don't know, like little troublemakers. Right? But they're not. They just want to live in the rocks and the hills because that's like their nature. The nature is their land, and they don't want to get disrupted, you know? Yeah. And that's that. But apparently, they are a little bit of troublemaking because these elves tend to love to invade houses during Christmas and throw house parties in secret. It's actually tradition that the locals of Iceland will clean their homes before Christmas and give the elves a clean slate, clean house to come in and party it up. They'll that also is so cute. leave out food for them, too. Like, kind of how we leave out cookies for uh, Santa, they leave out food for the elves to be able to fuel the party. What? Isn't that crazy? That is beyond crazy and so just, like, wholesome. Yeah, and it is also it is really these, sweet. these little elves are throwing, like, keggers in people's I know. <laughs> it makes me think, too. Like, um, I don't know if you've seen, like, in classrooms here in the States that uh, on St. Patrick's Day, the teachers will, like, go around and, like, print like little footprints yeah. around and throw the desks yes. and throw glitter 100%. like the yes the leprechaun yeah. comes and destroys the classroom so i'm like oh maybe it's like that i don't know um i wonder I'm if sure. it's like a kid tradition I mean, you know like i wonder if the parents like dirty up the house and show the kids oh my god the elves came last night you know yeah i mean besides besides a lot of different you know religions i feel like that's the widest held myth is santa claus right and we all kind of like work together to keep it a secret yes and that's what they kind of do here as well so in fact on new year's locals put out candles to help guide the elves through the night to relocate to a new home for the year so similar to what you said before about them being like hermit crabs every year they move which sounds miserable honestly (laughs) but i guess they're happy with it because they do it every year i can't imagine moving every year because Moving's a nightmare, but I guess when you're, like, an elf size, it's not too bad. And when people, like, leave you food yeah. and stuff, why not? Not a lot of baggage as an elf. Exactly, exactly. They just, <laughs> you know, live. Um, speaking of holidays, there are actually two more Icelandic holidays that are tied to these elves. The 13th – wait. Mm-hmm. No, the 13th <laughs> night. The 13th yes. night okay. is a holiday held on January 6th where elves are said to have bonfires. It's like this big like bonfire party. It's like, hey, let's like get I've together on the 13th this. night. I didn't know if it was the elf thing, but I've heard of the 13th night before. Maybe it's like a traditional Iceland holiday that they celebrate, but it's also known similar to like, oh, like they celebrate Christmas, but it's also known mm. that the elves come that night. So Yeah. 
There's also a holiday called Midsummer Night, and it's a holiday that's celebrated on June 24th, and they say things can get really crazy when this holiday comes around. Really? So according to a video I watched, um, they say that seals on this night can become human, and cows might just speak. And Wait, seals? Like, ur, ur. Yeah. <laughs> seals? Yes. What? And that cows will talk. And if you sit at a crossroads, okay, like a road intersection, where all four roads lead to separate places, these elves may try and lure you in to these different roads with food and gifts. But if you give in, you will face consequences. So Ooh. don't take any of these elves' offerings. But if you resist their offerings, you're rewarded, which sounds like a fun game. I feel like I would definitely try and find any intersection and, like, put – hundred dollar bill in the middle and just like watch it not get taken all night so sure um so, so they're like wait so they're like is it like the elevator game where they you know like you have to ignore the person and yeah to, like, i think it's more i think it's more like uh less nefarious yeah it's not as like evil it's like um mm -hmm. i think it's probably like a little bit like a halloween like trick-or-treat like, if you take my mm. treat, I'm going to spook you type of thing oh, versus, yeah. like, yeah. A scary. Anything <laughs> bad. Because yeah. it doesn't seem like anything bad happened to anyone who's taken it. But I don't know. Right. Um, so if you have plans to go to Iceland and want to learn more or visit the elves, don't fear because there are some options for you. There's actually something called the Icelandic Elf School in Reykjavik. I think Reykjavik. That's yes. And it's spelled so weird. It um, totally is. It looks like... Yeah. But <laughs> in this place where the Icelandic elf school is, they actually host five-hour-long educational excursions for visitors. So you can go on like... You know, there's ghost tours in Savannah, Georgia. You can go on yeah. an elf tour and visit all the places the elves have been. That's so cute. Isn't that awesome? Let's do it. Five hours? That sounds like a long time. Give it me like two hours max. That is a long tour. That's like fun? a... That is like literally a, a day excursion. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Um, is it maybe you have to drive to like a remote area or something? Maybe. Why is it five hours. I, I really don't know. Uh, but really they also weird. state this school states that there's actually over 50 different types of elves that are native to Iceland. There was no like list of them, but I assume it's like it's different probably, breeds or yeah, like, like species, I imagine. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, there's like, different types of insects. I imagine there's different types of elves. I don't know. Okay. Now, there's another port town in Iceland that is pronounced not like this. It's Hafnarjöra. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. But sure. apparently they have something called the Hidden World Tour, which is a guided 90-minute walk through their town that is said to be one of the most densely populated town with elves, which that sounds more like my jam because I would like the chance <laughs> to see them and also yeah. 90 minutes, easy. And you yeah. walk. You're walking through the town you learning about the town but you're also seeing where the elves may be so i like totally that. yeah it reminds me of like the walking ghost tours where they're like and someone last week took a picture on this bench and saw this crazy orb of light i feel like i would be trying to do that to like make the elves appear i don't know Oh, absolutely that'd yeah. be fun though mm -hmm. um stockasiri is another smaller town that i don't mm -hmm can't properly pronounce but it's in right. southern iceland and it has this thing called the icelandic wonders museum which showcases a mini world that the elves live in like it, it gives you a glimpse into their lives so it shows oh, what the elves may look like um within their habitats um you know destroying the machinery or anything or 
just living their normal lives, yeah. you know, trying to stop the but road is construction. Is it like little dioramas or something? Yes, exactly. And I think that's so awesome because it's hard for me to visualize this stuff. Like I would like to actually see it. You know what I mean? You can't tell me something's there and it's not there. I I don't know what what to picture, you know? I want to see what you think it is. And and until that, I thought of like the little Keebler elves. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. um, Just recently though – well, okay, not super recently, but in 2013, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a proposed road construction happening in Iceland, and it was actually stopped because of a large group of elf supporters and protesters. Uh, they stated that the road would destroy these elves' habitats. Um, and so part of me thinks, I'm like, I'm not sure, obviously, if these elves are real or not. I'd like to believe that they are, but I also like to believe, like you said, it's it wasn't a colonized place. I'm, I'm imagining the locals don't want their beautiful, amazing environment of Iceland to be completely filled with construction and like super overpopulated cities and stuff like that. So I'm also yeah. thinking like, Maybe they created this as a way to like preserve their their own habitats and their own environment, you know, this beautiful, awesome nature that Iceland provides. I'm wondering if it's like a whole, not like a whole sham, but you know, a, a way to like help preserve. preserve. What they have yeah, that's a so. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, either or not, whether or not these guys are real, um, I'd like to think that it's awesome that the people of Iceland like to keep their spirit alive. So they're not doing any harm, you know, if anything, they're shutting down some construction machinery, which like probably should happen in most places because it's getting crazy. But why not? That's so that's so funny that like people would be like, like, it's like some crazy activist or something who like turns off. He like fucks with the tractor and then he's like, oh, it's the elves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's like, don't blame it on me. Blame it on the elves. There's no way I did that. Those elves are crazy. It's genius, honestly. <laughs> we may have to start doing that because they like start leaving little, little elf clothing everywhere, little elf footprints, just like the leprechauns. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't Whoa. know. Part of me thinks it's like this, like little children's tradition that they're trying to keep alive. But other part of me thinks like, no, people actually believe this and want to protect them. But then the other part of me is like, no, they're just protecting the environment and making up the story that other people are dumb enough to believe. I, I don't know, but I think it's a really cute and interesting uh folklore that i wanted to share with the ghoul friends what a today fun that was Marissa's mystery wholesome. i love it yeah it was light it was light so i was like that's a good one precious yeah it's tender it. like i definitely have thought about getting um <laughs> well i've thought about getting like no, little right. fairy houses um yeah. for our backyard for the trees i'm like oh that's Ew, so sweet yeah. like i love it i love it every time we go to the mountains i'm like oh my gosh this looks like a fairy habitat like it's so lush and oh mm-hmm. beautiful waterfalls right here and there's like a little creek right there and i'm like oh, the fairies could live here but you know yeah hey. no i mean as a child like you know and definitely i mean nothing's changed but believing in like little spiritual things like that yeah, you know, it's a good time. like fairies and whatever. It's just like a good presence, and if it yeah. makes you feel good, yeah, we're not uh, here to yes, young girl. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of fairies in current day, uh, the TikToks of these like little kids that say they're fairies. It's like fairy girl three twelve, and it's like showing her like flying or hovitating, uh, not hovitating. What is it? Levitating, hovering. <laughs> I combined the words COVID brain uh, <laughs> over a pool, and 
I'm like, okay, I've seen the people like lift themselves up on the counter and it's very obvious that they're not hovering there. They're lifting themselves. But obviously people are hyping them up in the comments, letting them live their lives, their kids. And this is more wholesome than like doing some raunchy TikTok dance. But anyways, I digress. (laughs) There's one account of this girl that flies over a pool and no one can figure out how she's doing it. (laughs) They're like, okay, look, we know this isn't real, but we have no clue how you're doing this. So we applaud you for the artistic uh, flair that you're putting on these videos because it's incredible. Um, It's literally like fair user 20 two or something like that like i don't even know next time i That's come across so it i'll definitely send it to you yeah, to um to but yeah it's it's so wholesome but yeah that, Aww, that was marissa's so mystery cool friends thanks for listening to episode 26 uh yeah that was a fun one fun one and if you're like scarlet and have any suggestions feel free to send them to uh where murder meets mystery at gmail.com or on our instagram at where murder meets mystery and uh of course what should we rate the elves of iceland on the scarlet oh my gosh like a two yeah if that yeah only because they kind of they could be i guess a little mischievous love it love it love Uh, it love it love you guys and we will see you next week yes thanks for tuning in again bye bye